When you're ready to pop the question, the last thing you want to do is second-guess the ring. At BlueNile.com, you can design a one-of-a-kind ring with the ease and convenience of shopping online. Choose your diamond and setting. When you find the one, you'll get it delivered right to your door. Go to BlueNile.com and use promo code LISTEN to get $50 off your purchase of $500 or more. That's code LISTEN at BlueNile.com for $50 off your purchase. BlueNile.com, code LISTEN. The Premier League All Access podcast is proud to be brought to you by Ladbrokes. Stay ahead of all the big games in the best league in the world, the Premier League. With the latest odds, form guides, expert opinions and more. The fans are the players at Ladbrokes. Are you in? Let's go. Play at ladbrokes.com, 18 plus, begambleaware.org. T's and C's apply. This is a game day podcast from TalkSport. The Record Book. Hello, I'm Danny Kelly. Welcome to another game day podcast here from Talk Sport. Um, and of course, we're back, thank goodness, after the international break. Although, I'm going to be honest, I mean, we always try and call call it straight here on the game day podcast. It wasn't one of those weekends where things uh, were po- pouring out the television and the radio and out the stadiums, make you think, wow, that's amazing. It's had a very sort of lazy return, the Premier League. Uh, no big goal scorers and all the rest of it. But I'm sure that my two guests returning to the show, marvellous guests indeed, will be able to sift the, sh- the, the wheat from the chaff. I nearly said something else there. Um, coming back for about the umpteen time, because we love him so much, uh, comedian these days, football pundit, let's be honest, Mark Smith. Hi, Mark. Hi, Danny. Thanks for having me again. Yeah, no, you're, you're very welcome. And despite public appeal, um, I'm delighted to say the former England Manchester United, Manchester United's important uh, this week because, of course, they had their big game against Liverpool. Delighted to say that the former Fulham, Manchester United and England, full-back and centre-back too, uh, Paul Partridge. Hi, Paul. Hi there, Dan. Thank, you all right? Yeah, thank you for working hard to get me in after everyone didn't want me. I knew you were oh, in there. Mate, <laughs> uh, uh, when people were talking behind your back, I stood right up for you. Believe me. Thank you. Creation shooting space for itself. Sitting slam! Really delighted, like we play football, like I saw our players playing football, winning a football game, but performing this way. And there it is, the full-time whistle. There's generous applause around the ground. I think Manchester United fans will consider that a decent point. That's a great uh, feeling for, the, for a manager, that you can see the players giving everything they've got. Jamie Vardy scores once again, but the credit to Harvey Barnes for the terrific work down the left-hand side. Shall we start then with the performance of the week? Tricky one this week, I thought, because, uh, as I say, all these games were quite close. Um, why don't we start with... Well, we'll start with you, Mark, because yeah. um, you, you want to defend the indefensible. Yeah, well, I, I'm going to go for Manchester United this week as my performance of the week. OK, they didn't win. Fine. It was a home draw, which, you know, is the least you should expect if you're a Man United supporter, which I'm not, but... <laughs> Let's think about this. Before that game... You can't even bring yourself to make this performance. I can, I You're can. struggling to even speak. Danny, I can, and, and this and is... And will. This is, yeah, and right. I will. And I'm going to yeah. plough through regardless of you shaking your head at me and right, looking okay. so furrowed. Yeah. Uh, before that game kicked off, I think most people, most sane people thought, well, this game, it's a gimme for Liverpool. It's at least two, maybe three nil. It could even be four or five. Who knows? Then you saw the team sheets and you thought, well... That's that confirmed. Because no one in that team at United, with the exception of maybe one or two, or even got a hope in hell of getting to the Liverpool side, 
particularly on current form. And then when the game actually started, the first 60 minutes, I thought, this is actually pretty good from United. This is how good they were. Fred looked like a yeah. footballer. I mean, maybe not a great footballer, no. but he was getting up and down. He was harassing players. He was getting on the ball. He was doing something positive for the team. And you know what? They probably should have won that game. It's only a little bit of lack of concentration at the end, which meant they didn't. Now, look, you say I'm shaking my head at you and firing my brow. I'm doing that on behalf of Paul Parker, yeah. who's actually worn that red shirt and those black shorts. And you know, sometimes he was, he, was in a, he was in a very good Manchester United team, maybe not the very best one. But <gasps> you reckon? I, I would go, the, I would say that the team that won the treble in 99 and the team that you played in with Kanchelskis so are the two best United teams. Yeah, there's, there'll be an argument, but I think it's going to be about eras and obviously the people who are going to be vote, who would vote on it. Ninety three, ninety four. Mm-hmm. That's the that's the team that everyone would would battle with with ninety nine. That's the team that everyone believes could match them. It's hard to believe it's already we're already twenty years past that great mm-hmm. United team. It's frightening, isn't it? But on Paul's behalf, can I just say? Setting up defensively at home mm. and scraping a one-one draw with Liverpool does not make a Manchester United performance. Whoa, 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 whoa! That, that they didn't scrape that. Liverpool scraped a draw there. Had it gone on for five or ten more minutes, yeah, Liverpool might have won. Well, but really, they you got know... a massive help from VAR as well, where ninety percent of the population, not one hundred percent, and not you, I don't think. Mm. I thought, and not Paul, it's just me. Thought, come on, guys. Well, we may be getting into VAR we will, later we will. on. Who knows? Who's your performance of the week? I'm going to go with Leicester City. I mean, we've got to talk about their form so far this season, the football they've played, a few decent individuals, but it's more about the occasion. That, that was a yeah. very, it, was getting, it, must, it must have been very, very solemn there initially after what happened last year. Mm. And for, for Burnley as well to actually go and play in that game, they must have found it difficult as well. It's one of those ones where they mostly say to themselves, can we really come here and try and win this game? But they did have a good go here, by I the did. way. And Leicester rose to the occasion... And they got what they got out, what they deserved out of it. What I think everyone wanted them to get out of it was a win. You say they've got a few good individuals, but I actually think if you you know you go through the goalkeeper, he may not be his father's level, but he's pretty high level. The he had a good midweek, by the way. He was good in midweek. Yeah, really good. Pereira and Chilwell. Is there a yeah. better pair in the Premier League? I'm not oh, sure no, there is. I'd say Liverpool. There you are. There's they're the, the Liverpool the only pair. One, yeah. Um, Madison clearly going to be a fantastic player. Jamie Vardy not lost an inch of his game at thirty-two he's in, or thirty-three. His game's improved, by the way, yeah. under Brendan Rodgers. So you know, T. Elements. T. Elements is a good, really fine good footballer signing. as well. Yeah. They've really got loads of stuff going on there. And I noticed, having bought McQuire in the summer, Manchester United's plan to improve their team is to keep buying Leicester's team. They buy Chilwell and Madison in January. It's the new Southampton and Liverpool. Yeah, that's right. It's the main line. So you're going for Leicester because of the, the pressure they would have been under. Because I think if you if you don't support the club or play for the club or live in the city of Leicester I have done uh, during my student days I think you'd be hard pushed to realise just what it meant to them when, the, the terrible things that befell them a year ago yeah I, f- just, I think everyone felt it didn't they because especially the fact that they go on and win the league it was the right that someone's come in they've got a foreign owner he's come in and he's done everything was about that club he made that club his life as well he got his family involvement he, obviously the family is still there running the club and everything just off the back of it when I hear people talk about it I've got to know someone quite well at Leicester as well and just to hear the way that he talks about him it, that he still relates Leicester to that man as well and everything that's going with it it was a tough scenario we had when I was at United when Sir Matt Busby died we had a game and Everton come to Old Trafford just after Sir mm-hmm. Matt Busby died and Leicester and sorry and they come there and my good mate Ian Snowden was playing then and Ian Snowden come up to me after that game and said 
none of us wanted this game. We didn't want it because we just went out there and we was just going through it. We just we were scared to in a way we were scared to win this game. We won the game one nil. Everton weren't weren't there. They had won there the previous season, yeah. but they wasn't there because of that situation. It was a near very eerie game that was. Thank you very much indeed. I mean, I I believe there's now something called the crisis carousel in which the horses go up and down and round and round like in an ordinary carousel. And depending on your last result or even your last 45 minutes, whichever manager is a, is in crisis depends on the crisis carousel. At the weekend, there were three of them on the most active horses. Obviously, we've already heard about Ole Gunnar Solskjaer, who got a win and a decent performance, a very good one, according to Mark. A draw, um, not a win, Danny. Yeah, sorry. A draw, but this is, I think this is why my argument is, this, is so good. This is, it feels this is, like a win. This is why Manchester United are in such crisis. I think draws are wins <laughs> for them now. Uh, Maurizio Pochettino, um, miserable as ever um, at the moment. He managed to scrape, and he did scrape uh, a win, at the, sorry, a draw at the Spurs Stadium. But the one who got a win, so I don't know where he's on the carousel of crisis now, is Marco Silva at Everton. Um, I love slagging off managers when I don't think they're doing a good job. <laughs> yeah. But also, I like people to come out fighting in a crisis. And I thought Everton's team did exactly that for him. Now, I thought West Ham, in my naivety, I think... West Ham, they've got a squad of really good footballers now. Um, their first team looks to me like it hasn't got a bad player in it. Mark Noble's in the best form he's been in for five years, bless him. Um, they've got a load of stuff going on there. and I thought they'll go to Everton and they will make an Everton team that doesn't seem to be able to put one foot in front of the other suffer. In fact, it was the other way around. Marco Silva picks the team, out they go. There was a return of Theo Walcott as a professional uh, you know footballer. What? I was just thinking, I thought to myself, yeah. Theo Walcott. Who's that bloke with yeah. the long hair? Yeah, yeah. I'll tell you what, he didn't play too bad as it goes as well. At one point, he made a great recovery and won the ball back as well. He got a big cheer from the fans. It might be a new new man now. Well, I can't remember the last time I could say Theo Walcott. That was a really decent game, but he was very, very good. Mm. Um, they meant, you know, it all everything went right on the day. Obviously, when you bring on Sigurdsson, within 10 seconds, he's done the Sigurdsson turn and blacked the ball in. You can see what they spent the 50 million on. Which they haven't been doing either, but I, I mean, I'm, I'm genuinely seriously. I, I want I want Marco Silva to get a bit of credit because it's easy to to walk away from it. You, just, you don't you, you get paid off, but he he stood there and it could have been a disaster of a day. But I'll ask you, Paul, with your professional hat on, though, how much of that was Everton's effort? And how much Tom Davis as well also deserves a, a bit of credit. He's not mm. been in the team as well, perhaps because he won't get that ridiculous haircut. Um, but what, how much of that was Everton? How much of it was West Ham being poor on the day? I've got to say, there's a lot of that which was West Ham, to be perfectly honest. Uh, even I, in my prediction thing that I do with a group of lads yeah. from a pub in Essex, even I had Give West Ham. credit. Which pub is it? We like to know. I'm gonna t- it's a pub that everyone hears quite a lot on Talksport. It's the Rose. Okay. The Rose in Shenfield. Which is that, that Parlour's pub? Yeah, yeah Mr. Parler's. Is it good? It's a good pub. It's my good mate who uh-huh. owns it. Right. And Harry's Bar as well in um, Billericay. But they can just keep going on, on, on Ray Parlour's custom, can it? Oh, I think, oh yeah, just see him on yeah. his own. He's all right. He, that's a little bit. That and the local curry house. Yes. That's, that's, he must spend a, a lot of time in the gym because when you work with Ray, he's not he's not gone to blubber. No. But he spends no. all his time in curry houses and pubs <laughs> with Alan Brazil, <laughs> who has, to be fair. <laughs> <laughs> So you were saying how poor West Ham were? They, I thought they was poor. I mean, I couldn't believe he left Yarmolenko on the side. He's been their best player of late. He's been superb, hasn't he? Yeah, but 
but then all of a sudden you people say, then you speak to people and they go, oh, yeah, but he's just been away of his country. You got to rest. No, let him start oh, and please. then take him off if he's tired. I don't, I don't really get it. We're go- I know they've got a lot of travel, but it's not like they're going. You know those pictures of people traveling in India where yeah. they're hanging off the roof On of the trains. bus. Yeah, yeah. They're not. They're not doing that, are they? They're in first Luxury. class. They are going in those little beds that, that fold down in in, yeah. in aeroplanes. I'm sure that. Have you ever been in one? I'm sure you have. <laughs> I've seen pictures of one. No, when you go to the Edinburgh Festival, surely that's how they put you up, yeah? Yeah, pretty much, yeah. You must have travelled in some pretty luxurious man- stuff when you were a Manchester United player. Um, not so much then, because we we got planes, we um, chartered planes, but it's not like the planes they get now. Now they're sitting in business class and that. We didn't really... You didn't have your own cabin or no, anything, No, nothing, not really, no. I think we had it once when we went to... We did a trip to Malaysia and that. We was in business class, but no, it wasn't. Now it is... It's a completely different scenario. Yes, it was good in my time. I'm not going to deny that. Yeah. But it's moved on another level now. The level of stupidity that this can go to, though, as you know, I, I live in Ireland, so I come back and forth to Ireland. The other day, I, the, the, the flights were all pretty booked up, and so although I was, I was late booking, so they put me in the Club Europe part of British Airways, right? This is London to Dublin, or Dublin to London. It's a 55, 65-minute flight, right? It's only ever going up or down. But they, they curtain off this little little area. The seats are exactly the same. And the bloke came and said to me, would you like something to drink? And I said, yeah, some, some apple juice. Oh, no, I meant, would you like some champagne? And the three businessmen, there's two businessmen here, one in front of me, they drank three small bottles of champagne in the 45 50, minutes. Yeah. The woman next to me had a full chicken salad and a sort of custard tart after it. What were you doing? Just watching these people? Oh, well, because, just totting at them? Well, you know, I'd, I'd had a, a cup of tea in the airport. I'm, I'm, I'm going home. What, I didn't tut. I didn't tut. I just thought, <laughs> what, I really, what I really was interested in was watching the people serving it because, of course, there's never a moment when the plane is flat. Right. So they're either <laughs> pushing that trolley with the champagne up the hill... Okay. Oh, there's two of them are stopping trying to fly down, <laughs> fly down into the uh, cockpit. I mean, very, very extraordinary sight. Did you not get the Talksport chopper? Oh, I mean, how am I supposed to respond to that question? <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> um, if only they helicopter me in and out, that'd be great, wouldn't it? Although, although I'm thinking about the, the helicopters they use to go to the North Sea oil rigs. I think I'll stick to the aeroplane. <laughs> um, who's our performance of the week? Um, I'm go- I normally leave it to you two, but I'm gonna I'm gonna throw down here. I was impressed with Paul's. Um, dramatic uh, exposition of why Leicester, because I think we often forget footballers, football fans, all human beings can't just turn out every week and say, I'm Superman, I've got this red, white or blue shirt on, I'm a Superman. Um, you've got stuff going on in the background. Um, but Paul, the, one more question just to see if I'm right or wrong. Could Leicester have used it as fuel though? Then they had to play through the pain of what was going on there, but could it actually have given them an incentive? Maybe, but on the other side of it, though, because of the way a lot of those players who are, a lot of those players have been there as long as their their old boss was there as well, yeah. so they were mostly feeling that emotionally as well. I don't think the game got enough highlight as well. I think the the Liverpool Manchester United overshadowed Manchester United, everything. It yeah. overshadowed it. We're really no one really talked about that game, which was a shame really because they deserved more than what they got out of it. Okay, they got three points, but I think the man himself deserved a little bit more from the football public and he never got it because of that big game you today. You reminded me that some of those players have been a long time. How long is Wes Morgan's contract? Is it 44 years? <laughs> oh, is it, is incredible. It, what's he, how long is he going to stay there? Incredible. I mean, nothing against Wes. Brilliant man, you yeah. know. <laughs> His contract must be for 44 solid years. You sticking with Manchester United? Uh, no, no. No, quite. <laughs> the answer is Leicester, isn't it? Uh, I think the answer is Leicester, and yeah. that's how sometimes we roll. Sometimes a massive argument, a punch-up, and we literally fall around the studio um, aiming <coughs> slaps at each other They're like playground protagonists. But no, this time round, performance of the week, Leicester City.
the referees. It may not count. It may not count. Spurs have had the ball in the net. I think it was Deli Ali who thought he'd scored. The referee has stopped things here. I, I think that should stand that goal. Yeah. Oh, it's been given. It's been given. I say step by step. Always is you cannot from zero to 100 in, 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 in one game. I think the most important now is to build uh, the confidence, the trust. And now one of my favourite parts of the show, because of course it's easy to be negative, so we'll do our level best. It's our worst performance of the week. Paul, I want you to start for us because um, you're a former Manchester United player. I'm sure you're very proud of that fact. Mm. So uh, <coughs> I'll just stand back and say, who was your worst performance of the week? I'm going to have to throw in maybe Liverpool. <laughs> of course you are. But of not, course you and, are. And that's not, that's not digging them out personally. It's just for the fact, I think, <laughs> even some of their supporters would say it, is that they didn't, they didn't do themselves justice today. They were odds-on favourite to win that game of football today. First time ever. From my playing days and even after that, Manchester a, United were four to no, one against winning yeah. a, a game at home. I just, could, I mean, no, no. they didn't win. Is that the game. right? Oh, when I got told us by the bookmakers on Friday, I thought, yeah. have we gone through a, Crystal Palace? Were eleven to one not to beat Manchester City. Now neither result happened, so the bookmakers that's yeah. why they go round in Rolls Royce and you're on a skateboard. Um, but the fact of the matter is, leave my they, skateboard out they, of it. They were both nuts. Those yeah. those prices. They're just trying to tempt mugs, aren't they? <laughs> yeah, yeah, trying yeah. to tempt mugs. So th so that's there. It was there for them to go out and grab hold of it and go and prove to everybody why they should be champions of England. Forget about Europe. You need to be champions at home to to justify that fact of being champions of Europe. You can't just be champions of Europe just by winning like a bigger version of an FA Cup. And that's what the Champions League is, in my opinion. Dear, oh dear. So they need... So they so they didn't perform. None of their big... No wonder you're not on BT. <laughs> you need... Go on, you need big... You need the big players to perform in big games. None of them... Mane was there to go and grab everything because Salah wasn't playing. He didn't grab anything. He let himself down badly by the way he went about his game. Origi was a non-existent... He is, the, he is like a poor version at the moment of David Fairclough because that's what he is. He's, he's meant to be a super sub. So, Did we see again that lack of creativity in Liverpool's midfield that oh, they sometimes no, get criticised yeah, for? That's in, it's industrious. That's what that midfield is. There ain't creativity. Their creativity comes from Firmino. He's the one they need to get on the ball and make things happen. They, it just didn't materialise. Mm. And it comes from the fullbacks. And as we saw in the last 15, 20 minutes of that game, Liverpool got on top of that game because United's naivety in stopping the fullbacks. At the moment, Terence Trent. Um, Terence Trent. Tr Tr yeah, <laughs> yeah. Once Trent Alexander. <laughs> Got into it, and Robertson got both of them got into the game at the same time. But some of that was to do with with uh, with, with Ole Gunnar Solskjaer, who was so desperate to defend the one 0 and I totally understand it. He started to do negative things. I was yeah. doing the game live here on Talk Sport, and um, and the Man United fans afterwards were happy enough with a point, obviously, but saying under any other Manchester United manager, we'd have gone forward. And try to get a second goal, mind you. Mourinho would have gone forward. No, he wouldn't have done. Wouldn't but have. just one, more, one, one more bit, what you just said, yeah. Ned. One of the reasons why is that at the moment Origi come off, he should have gone to a four. Should have gone to a four. And if, he go, if he'd gone to a four, Robertson and um, Trent Alexander would not have been able to put crosses in as easy as they did. Uh, what, can I make a counterpoint to this? Yeah. Um, so, I and think, also, actually... don't put your hand up on the radio. It's futile. No, but it's for you yeah. to see. I, but I'm, I'm looking at him. Oh, okay, fine. <laughs> it's Paul then. Someone can see me. <laughs> uh, I think, actually, Liverpool were, were awful today, but they still got a result against probably their biggest rival still, away from home, when 
that team United were playing so well. I think actually we might have seen the champions today because of that sort of thing, playing so badly and yet getting something no, from a don't game. Don't use that, that terminology with me at the moment in time. There's a lot of games <laughs> to go. But no, they let themselves down. That game was there for them, for them to go out and win that game and win it well. Everyone would have gone, yes. And it doesn't matter how bad United are, they still had to go into the backyard, Old Trafford, and convincingly go and beat them to really rub salt in the wound and really go and show people. And they blew it. Right, they Paul, fluffed I, their lines. Let me ask you this. Um, this is a completely different question. Former Manchester United player, I know you still, the light still burns from Manchester United. Um, that's, that's perfectly fair enough. They're an amazing club. What will it mean if if Liverpool get this across the line and all those years of Man United saying, oh, you haven't won it for two generations, what will it mean if Liverpool become champions of England? Oh, it'll quash everything. You just know it's just going to be mass, mass people, everyone jumping on that bus. That's what that's what that's what it was going to be. It would just go on and on. That one would they'll treat that as one. That one would become fourteen. That'll trump everything. That would go. That would go. They would have won fourteen Premier League titles from that one win. Well, they will. They will legitimately be able to say we've won uh, a Champions League and a league title since Manchester United won their last league title. They will be able to say that. Oh, that that mostly come up. I don't know if they can put that in a balloon though. No, he doesn't fit on the on I don't know if they're going to. I don't know if they can do that. Can any can any shop out there do a balloon with helium in it to show that? Also on a t-shirt, it's quite a complicated formula yeah. on a t-shirt. <laughs> Email into the show and let us know. This is my worst performance of the week. I was very sad with the way Spurs played again. If I might be so bold, I mean it's a bit self-indulgent, but um, I thought, you know, we 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 know that all footballers can play now. They've played in a Champions League final. They're also fit, um, and they had two weeks away from their own ineptitude against Bayern Munich though that course was mad game eight shots on goal seven goals you still have to say the Spurs packed in at the end but still in all it was, it was never a 7-2 sort of football match but the game at Brighton was the one they had to recover from where they really were taken to pieces um, by a team that Brighton I mean they, they have an open bus parade if they get two goals never mind three um, they literally have a DVD out they're still DVDs um, and for Spurs to come back from their break have five or six changes to freshen up the team. And I'm not blaming any individuals here. I'm actually not. But whatever's going on at that football club, for them once again to not be able to, A, string too many passes together, B, play at any kind of velocity, and C, to not press at all. A team that was the best pressing team in the league. Now, it may be tactical. It may have decided to change their minds. All I know is they were blinking lucky to get away with it again. A late goal that VAR looked at. A penalty that we'll hear later on that did that, that Watford didn't get. And let's be fair, Watford were a better team. Decore was best player on the pitch. Delafeo ran them ragged. And I just don't know. Um, Paul, again, I'm looking at you because Mark can tell me what happens in the dressing room of comedians. What <laughs> happens in football clubs where you know you're a good team, you know you've got good players, but somehow you cannot get the thing to gel? How, how, can, how can he ever get out of this slump without sacking the manager? <sighs> I will turn around and say one thing is that it's very difficult for me to come out and have a real idea because it's changed. Dressings would have changed yes. now from we, it wouldn't have been that way. We it would never have happened in my time that all of a sudden players wouldn't come out now and say, "Oh, they've um, the manager's lost the dressing room." That wouldn't have happened in my wouldn't mm. have, players wouldn't go that. Whatever goes on, you go and give a hundred percent for your teammates. You might have a problem with a manager. I saw it happen at United, and virtually a player was told literally. You got a problem? Deal with it there. Don't bring it in. There. Don't bring it here. We don't want to know your problems with that man, not with us. And that's what happens. So I look at Tottenham and I'll say, I wonder if it stems from what happened at Champions League final with Lucas Moura mm -hmm. not starting the game. 
Is that it? Was that the, mm. is, was that one of the issues? Why? And if it was me, I'm still I still can't work it out. The man, I was at the game working. The man scores a hat trick. Was absolutely fabulous. He deserved the right to play, not to because he scored three goals. Is what he's done leading up to that point. He had scored goals. He had made goals. The man never stops working. And he didn't get the opportunity to play in the biggest game of his life. The only game that could be bigger was representing his country in the World Cup final. And he never got the opportunity to do it. And I wonder if that's played on other players' mind. And if it has, then I'd turn around and say, fair play to you as a player, because you're thinking about one of your teammates. OK, thank you very much indeed. I also think the manager saying he'd pack it in if they won didn't mm. help either. Uh, Mark, I think you might be... Uh, uh, Spurs and Liverpool so far, the contenders for worst performance. Mm. Um, but your horse, so looking at it in the paddock, mm. man, it looks in great condition. I looks, think it's a winner. Yeah, it looks really nice, doesn't it? Yeah. Beautiful, Beautiful coat, glossy. Beautiful. Yeah, and, it, and, uh, it's a, and of course, it's a course and distance winner on this programme as well. Yeah, I mean, I don't always want to talk about VAR. Don't always oh, want to. Why, why are you looking? I around? don't know. Sorry, this, this bit's just—it's like tumbleweed at the moment. <laughs> yeah. That bit's just gone by. Uh, I'm talking about—he's going he's gonna to say that VAR is the worst performer of the week. Oh right, okay. and it is a course of distance winner. It's a lovely, repeatable thing on this show. It, it really Sorry, is. I honestly thought I was on the wrong show there. I, honestly, <laughs> no. I thought I should have been. I thought I was sitting on SIS for a moment. You look like a terrible poker player because your face. Is... <laughs> I know, I, do you know what? I tell people that all the time. I'm absolutely awful. Awful, awful comes out. My missus always says to me, "Stop looking. I'm, I'm all right." But I said, no, "What? You said that? No, no." They can't hear You've me. You've got a very expressive fizzog, if you say, in yeah. Ireland, and you, yeah. you can't keep stuff to yourself. <laughs> anyway, Mark. sorry, sorry, Mark. <laughs> no, no, you're fine. VAR. VAR. It's in fact, you know what? It's not VAR itself. It is the implementation of VAR. It's the VAR officials who sit there in Stockley Park and, and, and make their minds up and make their decisions from 200 miles away from any games being played. This weekend, you said at the top of the show, this weekend didn't jump out of you. There wasn't a lot no, going on No, we've got to tell the, the truth pitch. about that, I think. You know? Yeah, and I think you're right. But I think... Even with not much going on, VAR's managed to cloud that with so much uncertainty. And, and it's not even the decisions for me. It's it's the way it has affected negatively the match day experience for the fans in, in the crowd. Because as we saw at Spurs, they can't even get the, the scoreboard right. They can't even get the, the, the decision right now, on the I board. I don't know whether Deli Ali, I don't know him from Adam, so I don't know whether he's going to be on Mastermind anytime soon or not. But he was genuinely confused yeah. when the thing said on the screen... Um, like no Paul goal. A minute ago. Um, and he was on. He was on the halfway. He was on the halfway <laughs> line, going. Why are we kicking off? Yeah. Harry, get back up for the front. You know. He, he he had no idea. No one in the stadium knew what was that going was terrible. on. Terrible. But it's not. I mean, it's bad enough being there at, at the ground, not knowing what's going on. But I don't know what's going on on TV watching it. And I, I've got all the angles. I can see what's going on. I've got the pundits telling me what's happening. It's they need to work this out quickly. But Mark, aren't they, isn't it being put to shame by what I mean? No. I, I'm, I don't watch a ton of rugby union, but I mean, watching the World Cup games isn't being put to shame by the TMO system in rugby union. So clean, so easy, a much harder game to referee and much to more officiate. Technical, far more rules, and, and they and they do it, and they do it within 30, 45 seconds, a minute, and two we minutes hear, at tops. We hear what they're saying to each other. Yep. We see the pictures. The people in the stadium see the they pictures, all see it. and the players see the pictures as well. But there is an issue here, Paul. I think it's easier to do it in rugby union, not because it's more stop-start, but because the players accept the referees' decisions more readily, and which is easier for them, easier for them to do because they can't go in there and say naughty things or have an opinion about the referee's heritage because they know he's got a mic on. Sure, which yeah. makes it. But I think those, I think they've definitely got more respect for that person when you hear them call him call him sir. That's a big thing. And I don't see why that can't be used in football. People say you can't because of the way the players are. Well, I'm sorry, the players... If in, well, they're if setting it, too low an expectation yeah, on these players. Yeah, I know, but that's the, they're virtually saying, well, they're, they're just naive, working class. They're, yeah, they're, yeah. They've got no respect for it. They're not, of course they'll do it. 
And also, if you remember, in my, I'm, I'm of a certain age, so people can talk to me about Guardiola and, and Bob Paisley and others. The greatest football manager of my lifetime is Brian Clough, who took two provincial teams to be champions of Europe. And one of the things that he did was he told his players, keep away at a time when you're virtually allowed to assault the referee, keep away from the referee. That's energy we need for our club. Also, we'll keep on his good side. We won't be harassing him and all the rest of it. And they were a hugely successful t set of teams at Derby and Nottingham Forest. Clough demanded respect from his players for the referees. I don't know if you remember this, but the, the experiment they tried a few, or a long time ago, was David Ellery when they mic'd him up. And Tony all of a sudden Adams. we saw Tony Adams. Do, mm. do you want some? Yeah, yeah. Do yeah. you want some? Cheat, <laughs> cheat. But you know what? If that happened now... Tony Adams would be, it'd be all over Twitter, be shamed on Twitter, and all of a sudden, attitudes might change. We've I got to try it again. I would love the referees to be mic'd up, but can you imagine the PFA going for it? <laughs> I don't think so, no, somehow. Maybe not. So, some uh, pretty grisly, grisly performances this weekend. Liverpool, um, despite getting a point that keeps them on track, Paul, to be possible champions of England. Uh, Spurs, who just can't, they've tried different formations, different people, uh, playing at different times of the day, they just can't seem to get lift a leg. Or once again, uh, VAR, and I think Mark, um, if I, if I, I'm going to leave this to Paul, but if I had my um, way of thinking, the fact that it keeps on affecting the people in the stadium, yeah, uh, you know, the people on television will get sorted out, all the rest of it. The players eventually will get get used, but if the people in the stadium don't know what's going on, they pay their seventy quid. I can't have it for them. No, yeah, I have to agree. They're it's the a most, beautiful they're, horse, they're, Paul. They're, they're, they're yeah. the most important ones, really. Why don't you give it a few, give it a handful of apple and carrots there and say you're the winner? Because that that horse was always favourite. It was just by the way it started. It was going to be so <laughs> he, he in certain ways. Now. I could be coerced. <laughs> and, I don't know. Was I put? Don't know. Did he walk or was yeah. he pushed? And it's always good to see Mark Smith riding a horse in a radio studio. Thanks very wow. much. Indeed. No, you're It's that time of the year. Your vacation is coming up. You can already hear the beach waves, feel the warm breeze, relax, and think about work. You really, really want it all to work out while you're away. Monday.com gives you and the team that peace of mind. When all work is on one platform and everyone's in sync, things just flow. Wherever you are, tap the banner to go to Monday.com. Quality sleep is essential. That's why the Sleep Number Smart Bed is designed for your ever-evolving sleep needs. Need a bed that's firmer or softer on either side? Helps you sleep at a comfortable temperature? Sleep Number Smart Beds let you individualize your comfort, so you sleep better together. J.D. Power ranks Sleep Number number one in customer satisfaction with mattresses purchased in-store. And now, save 50% on the Sleep Number Limited Edition Smart Bed for a limited time. For J.D. Power 2023 award information, visit jdpower.com slash awards. Only at a Sleep Number store or sleepnumber.com. The Premier League All Access podcast is proud to be brought to you by Ladbrokes. There's a lot more to those 90 minutes than what goes down on the pitch. With the latest odds, form guides and expert opinions, you'll know the score with Ladbrokes. Odds update on Talk Sport with Ladbrokes. Are you in? Let's go. Play at labrooks.com, 18 plus, be gambleaware.org. T's and C's apply.
It's picked up by Mendy, edge of the area. On to Sterling now. Sterling flicks it on. David Silva to meet it, and David Silva scores. And in a blink of an eye, Crystal Palace have conceded two goals. And it was Sterling. What a wonderful little chip up in the air. Manchester United 1, Liverpool 0. 36 minutes on the clock. VAR will check this, but James it was on the right-hand side. He's whipped in a peach of a ball, and Rashford, the Mancunian, has stabbed the ball in at the scoreboard end of Old Trafford. Well, we're going to talk about our hero of the week. Um, Mark, why don't you start? Uh, I'm going to go for Raheem Sterling. I think uh, not just because of his performance at Palace at the weekend, um, but I think he's come off the back of a, a difficult week with the Bulgaria situation. I think he played superbly well in that game for England, despite everything going on off the pitch. He's then returned to England. There's a lot of profile with Raheem Sterling. A lot of the spotlight was on him this week because he's one of those players uh, potentially abused during that game. And then to go to Palace... Potentially? Well, yeah. <laughs> they could have shared it out between them, couldn't they? There was so yeah, much they, of it. They could have done. Um, but that Palace game, by the way, if, you, if, if you've been told on Friday that Palace is going to win this game against City, it's not that far-fetched an idea. Palace have got quite a good record against them. They beat them at Man City last, last season. City went there and played really, really economically, played really well. And Raheem Sterling, his performance defensively as well, a player who hasn't always been... There was that run back particularly, that sliding tackle, and you thought, Absolutely. wow, is that Stuart Pearce? Absolutely. And then couple that with one of the best assists you'll see all season for the second goal. I thought he was fantastic. I think he's really becoming uh, a, an impressive man as well as an impressive player. I thought, it was, uh, for me, the, the, the City thing that I really took from that game... Pep Guardiola has spent his lifetime trying to take out one of the centre-halves out of professional football mm. and replace them with a midfielder. We saw it with Martinez at Bayern Munich. We saw it with Mascherano at Barcelona. He genuinely believes that centre-halves are a waste of time. He believes that if you hang on to the ball properly and when you lose it, you press properly to get it back, you don't need any centre-halves. So John Stones was on the blinking bench, but he said, no, I'm going to do this now. He played a team with no centre-halves in it. Mm. I mean, you played with Pallister and Bruce, they'll be shaking their heads, but he genuinely believes that that's a wasted position. It might be, yes, but given how that wasn't... They just about got away with it, by the way. They needed a third goal to actually to kill that game off. Silly as it sounds, because they were two new up. But Palace had them really pushed back, and that's when it showed they were lacking kind of centre-halves to grab hold of it, grab hold of people by the front and say, defend properly, pull them tight. They lack that. But just going back to Sterling... What about the two he missed? What about the one eight yards from goal and he puts it out, kicks it with his left foot and he goes out for a throw-in? And then yeah. there's the one that comes in from the right-hand side and he's just meant to just to stroke it a goal at six, seven yards away and he puts it wide of the post. Yeah. Oh, it was shock, shocking misses. But Doesn't I agree. that take a little bit away? I think it does a little bit, but I think he's someone that we've, we've always known, Raheem Sterling, despite, and this sounds mad, but despite scoring so many goals the last two or three seasons, he could have doubled that. He could be one of those, you know, Ronaldo or Messi type seasons where he gets 40, 45 goals. He's not that great a finisher. He is getting better at it. And I think still a young man, really. He's got a lot of time to learn the game, even more than he he's already knows it. He's going very, very quick in a short space of time, yeah. by the way. And, I think, really and I, think he can, I think he can get There's better. There's no going back. He's at such a level now that he, he can, he'll either stay there or even get better and yeah. better. He's so good. So, no, I'm, I'm, not, I'm not taking too much away from the fact that he missed two good chances. No, I've just been very picky, though. I know you were, I know you were. Can I, for my hero of the week, can I pick captains? Um, because... We often hear how the captain in, in professional football is nothing. Compared to cricket, even rugby union, it's nothing. You just go out there, you toss a coin. Uh, actually, the referee even does that for them. Mm -hmm. um, you swap a pennant or something and you pick which way the wind is blowing. Well, I thought 
in the midst of all the disgusting stuff that went on in Bulgaria last week, that both the captains came out of the game with fantastic credit. Um, Harry Kane, who has been criticised for his playing, I was on air here on Monday, and people were saying that Tammy Abraham should have started in front of him. He did get a goal. He also made three and a half assists in the game. Um, all right, Bulgaria packed in by the end of it. Let's, let's be honest about that. Um, but also, I thought the way he dealt with the growing crisis of the protocols, his colleagues and teammates and friends in that team being racially abused. Um, I could see it's not something he wants to be doing. He's, you know, he's a, he was going purple in the face of trying to explain to the referee what's going on. But I thought he was terrific and showed that apart from being a, a blinking good footballer, that he's a man as well. And the captain of Bulgaria, Evelyn Popov, um, who was, again, must have been bewildered by what was going on. Not least because Bulgaria got one player, and eventually when a sub came on, two players of colour themselves, which tells you there's something even more political going on as well as just ordinary, straightforward, ignorant racism. There's also those people who are obviously in their uniforms and all the rest of it. But Popov's intervention at half-time, yeah. where he went and talked to the crowd. Now, he doesn't know what kind of reaction he's going to get from that those members of the crowd. took some real guts, didn't it? I thought it was gutsy stuff from him. And then afterwards, when, and we'll hear more about Krasimir Balakov, the manager of Bulgaria, later, when, it, when, when the manager is saying, I can't hear anything, but the captain is forced to go and confront his own supporters to plead, for God's sake, and I don't know whether he was saying, we'll get thrown out of the tournament, but I, I imagine he was saying, what is this? This, is, this isn't right. Um, so I thought the two captains made a case for the men who wear the armbands to be heroes this week in a sport where they're often disregarded. Um, you've got another footballer, another player who, who you want to be as your hero of the week. Yeah, I think I might be a little bit blown out of water already. I think the battles, are, I think the battles between two. Oh, already, sometimes, sometimes I can, I, I can bung out the English language if I'm forced, forced into a corner. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Okay. Well, I was going to say Marcus Rashford. Right. To be honest, because he's been ridiculed by everybody. To be perfectly honest, more so by United fans than anybody else. I think really, and it's a shame for such a young boy because of he knows it himself. He's not sent forward. He's someone who, and we saw that in the um for England, he loves coming off the left side and playing from there. And I, I, maybe I should have actually put that across a little bit better than what I actually said it. But he he just wants to start on the left hand side of the park and work inside on his stronger foot, and he's he's very very good at, at doing that. And he he looks like he can score more goals that way. For United, he plays through the middle. And United at the moment, the way they are, it doesn't suit him. They haven't got players who can retain the ball. They haven't got creativity. Now, if he had a midfield of maybe a Scholes, a Keane, even a Nicky Butt, or even a Dave Beckham out there, someone who could find him when he makes those runs into space, all of a sudden we could, you could be talking mm. about a 60, 70 million pound player. And that's, just, and that's just in that first move. The next move would be even more. I think Marcus is a victim of the way we play now with these three across the front. Yeah. He's not one nor the other nor the other. He's most comfortable now, as you say, in the Henri position, coming in off the left yeah. and trying to lamp it in. Um, I always think that if he looks at Kylian Mbappe, who plays on his right foot on the right-hand side, but plays a kind of fast-moving inside right, that that would be somewhere that Marcus could play. Ideally, I think he'd want to play in a two, you know, where yeah. his speed... Imagine if you had, I don't know, from Man United a few years, imagine if Berbatov was playing the ball into the spaces for somebody of his speed. He and Anthony Martial would be crying to their yeah. gods um, with words, joy. Need, let's talk about an old-fashioned word. Is they need a link player. They need a, they need a Teddy Sheringham. Absolutely. Some, so, somebody like that who knows the pass and can sit. There's not enough vision in Manchester United's team at the moment to get oh, the best God. of Rashford. Matter has it, but he's not physically up to it these days to no, play the whole correct. game for Manchester that's United. Correct. Boy, he can see the pass. Um, yeah. and know what you need to do. But just, just with Rashford as well, today's yeah. performance today, 
He made a f- he made a few runs, didn't get the ball. He made a few wrong runs, but the goal he scored today, he made the right run. He took he went inside of Matip. By the time Matip, Matip had looked on his left side for him to come in on the inside of him, he had checked and gone on his right side, and that's how he managed to score that goal. So that was just good movement off of really one of the few balls, decent balls into the box from across. And that's so why. I'm so glad people... I mean, I'm always saying that I don't think he's a centre-forward, mm. but, but I still pick him every week for Manchester United. Yeah. Yeah. Find a position for him. He's quick. He definitely is a good finisher. That's a different thing from being a centre-forward, isn't yeah. it? A whole, whole different thing. And he's only uh, 21. Let's not sure. forget that. I mean, England, England are spoiled, aren't they? We, you saw the performance around the 21s again this week yeah. when they mashed Austria into atoms. They've got another load of players who've got to be in... He, he could pick 50 at the moment. I mean, yeah. we used to say... What we used to say was that the England manager will soon be having to pick players in the Championship. There's so few English players playing in the Premier League. But the academies are churning them out yeah. just now. This, I, I said this the other day, I'll say it again. Two and a half years ago, when we were doing a thing about Germany on Trans-Europe Express here on TalkSport, we interviewed two German academy coaches about how great the German academies have been. They both said the same thing. Well, I won't do the accent. Why are you even talking to us? I'm telling you now that within three years, England will be dominating world football. Their academies are stuffed with the best players in the world, and half of them are English. And it turns out they were right. Um, do the Marcus accent. Rashford. Do the accent, Danny. No, no, no. Taking a mickey out of German accents, it can be... It's it, very it, 70s it's vibe. It's a little bit, yeah. <laughs> um, obviously, John Cleese can do it. That, that's fine. Um, Raheem Sterling, I'm gonna. I, I think you're hard pressed for me. My my argument about international captains, I think you'll look mugs if you don't go for that. You a mug, Paul? I'm never going to say that answer. That I'm not going to go down that road. But I, I'm still a little bit worried that he can just name himself. Though it's, you know, it's like, doesn't seem right to me. Doesn't seem right. But I know where he's going from. I mean, even I think about. I think he's right. Especially the the captain, the Bulgarian Pop captain. Off. That was brave. That was yeah. brave. Yeah. Don't know what his life's going to be like now. He took that on that on board as well. You got to remember that as well. Exactly. And his family. You know. So yes. I'm going for Rashford. <laughs> no, I'm not really. I'm going for the captains. Okay, thank you very much indeed. So that's our hero of the week, the international captains in that. Um, well, I, I, it wasn't even a game of football in the end. It became a vile event that we saw in Sofia. I actually gave Jamie an extra few days to get away with his family, to have a rest, and I'm sure that was a, a difficult week for them as such, but we're here to support you know, him, his family if they need it. And like I said, I spoke to Jamie earlier on in the week. He, he's trained fine, he's been great this week. It's a comfortable win for England. They're only a point away now from Euro 2020, but the 6-0 scoreline isn't what anybody will remember tonight in Sofia 4. Brighton down to 10 men, Aaron Moy sent off for a rash challenge on Jack Grealish. They earned him his second yellow, but what is annoying for the manager, Graham Potter, his first yellow, there was a free kick to uh, Villa, and he just kicked the ball away petulantly. To our villain of the week, um, and a very interesting array of people here. Um, I'll go first because mine is slightly comic, um, and there's two more serious ones, I think. Um, I know that I've got to try and move forward, and I know I can't live in the 70s and 80s, fun though it was with the Sex Pistols and all that, and Sweeney on the television. I've tried my best um, as the old uh, the, the snow on the roof gets whiter and whiter to keep up with things. I really do. But have we come so far in football now that when two of the wives of our leading footballers <laughs> have what can only be described, in my opinion, as a contrived spat on social media in order to get their faces um, and their new dresses on the cover of the newspapers so they can sell some more makeup 
and night dresses to people on Instagram that Brendan Rogers is forced or feels obliged to or is happy with I'm going to win this as well. Always oh, happy with the idea <laughs> of giving Jamie Vardy two and a half days off from training so that he can look after family matters. What, is his kitty ill? Oh, great. Oh, absolutely, you should go look after it. Oh, his mum's not well. Definitely, you should fly to her. No, Rebecca is involved in a spat with Mrs. Rooney, <laughs> Colleen Rooney, and apparently that's enough to make let him miss training. Now, I don't want this to win Villain of the Week because it's too stupid. But Paul, without being playing the old soldier... I'm giving you, uh, here's my cast of characters. I give you Sir Alex Ferguson. Are you getting two days off to look after a Twitter spat? I'm going to answer this question the only way I can and say no. Without <laughs> a show. Oh, you wouldn't even want it to happen. And even if there was an issue, anything like that. You would hope you wouldn't see it even. Never you, mind, you, find you out about it. You, and if you even talked about it and you ended up in the dressing room, he would come down and he'd expect that everyone be laughing about it. And you turn around and say that I want to um, go, I need to go on because I think she's upset. I think I would expect that. I mostly wouldn't be playing that following Saturday. And just so as to know that we're not old dinosaurs, of course we look back. I mean, I remember when Trevor Francis was the last person to stop a player going to see his child being born. It's Martin Allen, in fact. Yeah. Um, and find him when he when he said, "No, I'm going to the hospital." Um, that's all. It's dinosaur. It's all in the past. That, we, we are better as people and footballers and men and society and women too for having got past all that. But tell me, Margaret, surely there can't be the new, the new red line in the sand is if your missus is having a, a problem on Twitter, you've got to take two days off work. I, I just can't get my head around it. I didn't even know this story until you told me before the show. I, yeah. I don't understand how it can affect Jamie Vardy's footballing career. How, how can this, how can this nothing, non-event actually affect a professional football team. I, I, yeah, I just don't understand it. I mean, I'm not even that old, and I'm, I'm still no. sort of furious by all this. I don't understand yeah. how it can affect the real world of football. It seems like a non-event. I, I, just... I just think you're going out, you're, an ordinary, you're, you're a man, you're going to work, and the last thing you want you're talking about is about your wife. And it, 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 it comes up, but it's got nothing to... They, they shouldn't be involved. He's, going, he's doing his day job. He's doing his work. He should not come into football. But surely he's just embarrassed by the whole thing, He should be totally embarrassed. I'm sure he is. He seems like a decent guy. He shouldn't want to talk about it. If his mate's having a go at him, that's part and parcel of being in the dressing room, that kind of man society. And your mate's take the mickey out of you about it, have a laugh and joke. But you don't expect to take time off. I'm sure he'd have got ridiculed that Brendan Rodgers given three. He couldn't have taken the three days. No, I'm all right, boss. Don't be silly. Let them deal with it. Nothing to do with me. Because that looks stupid. Yeah, yeah, (laughs) ridiculous. Yeah. All right, let's hope that that isn't our villain of the week, Brendan Rogers. Because um, Brendan is so modern, isn't he, with his teeth and ears and all the rest of it. He likes to keep up with dark kids and maybe thinks that was the appropriate response. Who are you going for? Uh, I'm going for Aaron Moy. Um, so let's think about this. Brighton, before the international break, gave Spurs a real good tonking. Played you can still hear played... the sound echoing, the whacking you off can. the side of the stadium. Yeah, Absolutely brilliant, you know, Everyone's raving about Graham Potter, how it's how it's going, how it's how it's working as a from a footballing point of view. They're, they're not trying to escape relegation by just hoofing it and just playing direct. They're playing some good football. International break comes and goes. They go to Aston Villa. They're one nil up, playing great. Aaron Moy, two just stupid, juvenile yellow cards, definite yellows, just sort of pathetic, pathetic ways to get booked. Is it twice in in a few minutes? Down to 10 men. Describe, remind people what he got booked for. Uh, the, sec- the one he got sent off for, the second yellow, was just a... 
It was a slide tackle from behind. Didn't even really offer the challenge, but he, he followed through into the back of Jack Grealish. I mean, I, th- I thought that, that You're going nowhere. That Jack, who had a brilliant game by the way, superb. I thought he overdid that. I, I mean, Moyes t- pulled his pulled pulled his leg back so he wouldn't make. But why give the ref a, a decision to make? You've just been booked, and, and then Villa and go and win point. the game. I wonder if 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 he hadn't already been booked, he might have got away with the tackle completely. He might the ref might have given a free kick and said, "Come on, watch it, Aaron, watch out." But once you've got the referee's bad books, he what he doesn't want is to see you doing something daft five minutes later again because you're undermining his authority straight away. But there's been a story since that maybe Aaron Moy was too jet-lagged to have played that game. Oh, my God. He, he needed three days off exactly. around Jamie Vardy's house. <laughs> so, well, I mean, but this if, if that on, story... Where would he be? Oh, he's Australian, isn't he? He's been playing for Australia. Yes. He? Now, if that is true, which I, I don't really believe it to be true, but... You're not a sports scientist, just by the way. No, I should probably clarify that, shouldn't yeah, I? Yeah, yeah. But, I mean, it, it could well be have affected him. But now, I tell you what, he's not playing after international games now, if that is anything to do with it. Graham Potter's going to say, well, no, you, you can't be trusted. You're going to play such stupid decisions in important games. I can't trust you anymore. But he won't stop him. He can't stop him going and play for his country. But I've done, I've done that flight coming back from Singapore quite a lot in the last year before I come home. I was doing it like once a month. I was going back and forth. Mm-hmm. And to be honest, flying back to here is nowhere near as bad as going out there. So I was coming back here and I could go get back here in the early hours and I'd go all day and night. Go straight back into it. I could go straight back into it. So it wasn't that. It's just a fact of... Because he, ne- he never got close to a tackle for Huddersfield. He mm. was just a footballer. Yeah. Yes. He, was a, he was their best footballer, only footballer they had at Huddersfield. That's mostly why they've been one of the worst sides in the Premier League, so it just yes. didn't play football. And for him to do something like that, it must be something else. Because he hasn't been getting regular football, is he? No. Is what he, has. he was the main man. He's come there. I was surprised he's not playing. And maybe there might have been a little bit of frustration now. I don't know. But for him, that second yeah, but challenge... But, the, but people who want to show their commitment by getting themselves sent off, that used to happen to me on a Sunday morning on Hackney Marshes, where yeah, but blokes was, were saying, I'll show you. It's the opposite. Typical kind of old British way. I'm going to, I'm, oh, we ain't going right. I'm just going to go and steamroll two foot him and show my commitment and pump the badge and everything. Look at me. And we saw that with Celtic Rangers early in, um, with Stephen. What Stephen Ger- when the, the Rangers lad got sent off. Yeah, Did yeah. you see Stephen Gerrard's face when the lad walked past? Furious. Him? Now that was a man who could never be a card player as well because mm. his face yeah. just said straight away. Is it the same Stephen Gerrard sent off after seventy seconds <laughs> of a Mersey Derby? Was it? Yeah, but be honest. To, <laughs> yeah, but you're, in, as a footballer, you're allowed to be a hypocrite. Yeah, you're allowed. That. I said that's part of the deal. Oh, see, no one told me that. When I looked at your card, it just said ex-footballer and broadcast. It didn't say hypocrite. Oh no, no, but I've got that. It's an invisible ink. Okay, <laughs> invisible right. Invisible ink. <laughs> um, so, well, yeah, Aaron Moy. I mean, I, I, maybe if it, maybe the villain of the week, certainly stupid of the week. That was yeah. daft where he got himself. Sent. And it cost the team. Of course, the bottom line is it cost the team. Yeah, and, and yeah. those points come the end of the season. That that could be crucial. Who's your villain of the week, Paul? Well, I'm hopefully I'm going to get the pronunciation right. With help. I'm going to turn around and say that his name is Kresmir Balakov. Kresmir Balakov, he is the ma- former manager yeah. of Bulgaria, because he's now resigned, of yeah. course. Everybody in Bulgaria, down to the tea ladies, has resigned for one reason or another yeah. after that, as I say, spectacle. Yeah. Um, dark spectacle, well, not be honest, game. Really, yeah, I'm glad you've used those words, because I think he was wearing them, because I think he wanted to be Stevie Wonder. <laughs> because it's, he had, and all of a sudden he must have been a fan of Arsenal because all of a sudden I see nothing. Oh, there was there was all I see nothing, I hear nothing. So straight away he become mutton. You know, sorry, people out there, mutton is a rhyming slang for death, death. Yeah. Anyway, I thought I needed to say that, didn't yeah. I? So he didn't hear what was going on. He was on the bench. He couldn't hear what the fans. He well, couldn't... he was virtually accusing Harry Kane and 
Gareth Southgate, a lion, wasn't he? Yep. That's what it amounted yeah. to in the end. And he saw all those people and their arms moving. He thought it was his family waving at him. <laughs> he thought it was a Mexican wave in Bulgaria oh, those, as well. Oh, those Nazi salutes. It's enough to yeah. sicken you. It really is yeah. enough to sicken you. Yeah. Um, I mean, I've, uh, th- some sympathy uh, insofar as, for, for a start, it wasn't protecting himself from a football point of view because that team is rubbish, has hardly got a point to go, and he must know he was going to get the tin tack at the end of the campaign. I, I, I don't know the political situation in Bulgaria where you've got the Prime Minister telling the head of the FA, old Mihailov used to play for Reading, to stand down. I don't know whether he felt under terrible pressure not to insult the country. I don't know their culture well enough. Mm. But what you can't do is deny the evidence of everyone else's eyes and ears. Even if it was something as stupid as a punch thrown on the pitch, you make some look a mug. But when it's something as important as young men being discriminated against and vilified because of the colour of their skin, I don't know whether Mr. Balakov has ever travelled outside of Bulgaria. He certainly was in their great team in '94 in the United States. Um, but you've got, you've got to open up your mind a bit better than that. I will say one thing that go, as well that goes against him as well, which kind of the bit that hurt me because I didn't watch it for long because I, I knew it was going to happen. I said at the moment that statement come out about England's intention, I knew straight away that was going to happen. I didn't know that I was going to see something as old as a, old as a pair of flares happen when I saw the, the Nazi salutes. I didn't know I was going to see that again. But I knew that was going to happen because the FA teed, teed it all up. It's all planned and whatever went on. I couldn't... There was, I think, two black players in that Bulgarian team. Yeah, eventually there was one at the start and then yeah. two when there was something. I could not... I was there and I thought to myself... What are they thinking? I mean, I've seen this when I was playing, and I went up to I went to a black player when I was I must have been at eighteen, nineteen, and I was playing at a playing the game in in a Yorkshire city against a team, and I went up to the player after on the I, opposition team, on the opposition player. Well, you've been abused. Yeah, when yeah. I was when they were singing a song about there ain't no black in the union, Jack, and right. I went to him. Why are you playing for these? Why are you here? How can you do it? He goes, I was born near Paul. I support this team. What do I do? What can I say? And to be fair to him, that's exactly how it was. No, that, that was it. So, so if you're there and you're representing Bulgaria, because obviously they weren't Bulgarians 100%. No, no, no. Lads have come but in still from, they're representing from Brazil, yeah. They're, yeah. And, so and what, they're probably very proud to represent yeah, Bulgaria. Of course they are. They're playing for a national team. Course. Yeah. So how do they feel? Did he, he didn't think about them, their feelings. I don't think he was thinking. I think he was lost in the moment. I, I, I don't think he, he's a mad racist and supports those people. I don't know yeah, why I've said that. But I think he was definitely lost in the moment and made one ill-advised decision and one ill-advised statement, one after the other. He was even given a chance by the British press, in this particular case, to back down and said, well, no, but hang on, are you A for it, etc.? And he couldn't bring himself to do it. Um, Paul, before we get too self-righteous about the Bulgarians, you've seen you know, another very yeah, important thing happened this week where the Haringey Borough oh, players got, definitely got to get around walked garden off in, the pitch garden in order. After, being, after what two of their players were abused racially by Yeovil Town supporters, for mm. God's sake. Um... I'm going to ask that all, you. That all stems from there again. It's this. It's all. It's all highlighted now. And I, I've done. I've done something the other day for a, a mainstream um, news news program. And I turned around and said, in words of effective, I don't really want to talk about Premier League and England. I want to talk about what's happening underneath that. That's where the problem is. We saw the events at Hartlepool where the yeah. Dover players were, yeah. were abused. Now that kind of went away into a kind of. Um, they're investigating it. The only good thing I'll say about it, and there's very little good thing to say about it, and I'm sorry that this this podcast was normally a bit knockabout, it's got so serious, is the events at Haringey are very important. I'll tell you for why. Because it's hard 
and it's difficult we get that to pick some racists out of a crowd of 60,000 but this was a handful behind a goal where there was nobody there people mm. know their names so now the authorities and I don't just mean the football authorities the police too it is not only is it muggy not only is it ignorant not only is it vile it's also illegal in this country to discriminate against people and to abuse them because of the colour of their skin and what they need is a couple of weeks I'm not saying send to Australia or anything like that a couple of weeks at Her Majesty's Pleasure just to think through their choices in life because they know this is wrong they can't believe it's right for one minute. And I hope that some good will come out of those horrible situations in both Sophia and Haringey, which makes the ha-ha-ha-ha, let's pick our villain of the week thing a bit redundant. Aaron we... Moy. <laughs> he's good. See, that's why he's a comedian. You see the time in there? Um, I'm going to make Krasimir Balabov, but Krasimir Balabov, the, the villain of the week, with all due respect, Mark, because of what he represents, not because of him, the human being, I don't know what got into his head, but he represents a kind of denial... And we will make no progress until we get past. Well, Danny, can I just say yeah. something just quickly while I'm here? You're going for Aaron Moy as well. No, no. Oh, is, no is this, gonna, this is going out and lots of people are going to hear this, of course, because yes. everyone wants to hear my voice. In theory, I'm sorry, lads. I won 2-1. 2-1 <laughs> to me. So, well, so petty. Yeah. What a petty man. Oh, yeah. no, no. But after I didn't win it, I want to say it now. I won. Okay. Yeah. You're very competitive, Paul. That's okay. That's your credit. Well done. Can I come so, back again? Will I come back again? Though, after not I after that. that. Not no, after no. that outburst. Um, let's just say thank you very much to my guest, Paul Parker, who won. Yeah, um, yeah, 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 yeah. Mark Smith, who I thought was great, but wasn't keeping score. Oh, I'm really sorry, guys. And me, who are, you know, I do what I do. You can, of course, you can download the podcast and all the previous editions at all the usual outlets. We're so glad so many of you are listening to it. Keep telling your friends about it. Thanks, as I once again to all of you for listening and to Paul and Mark for being here. Bless you till next week. The Premier League All Access podcast is proud to be brought to you by Ladbrokes. The latest odds, we set them. Form guides, we've got them. Expert opinions, we share them. The best fans in the world deserve the best. Be match day ready before the whistle blows with Ladbrokes. Odds update on Talk Sport with Ladbrokes. Are you in? Let's go. Play at labrooks.com, 18 plus, be gambleaware.org, T's and C's apply. When you make decisions for your company, you look for the no-brainers. If you have a lot of mailing to do, Stamps.com is the ultimate no-brainer. Use the Stamps.com mobile app to mail everything you need to keep your business running with up to 89% off USPS and UPS. Make the same no-brainer decision as over 1 million other businesses with Stamps.com. Use code PROGRAM for a special offer. That's Stamps.com, code PROGRAM.